Hello, bonsoir, and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. I'm Nathan Staples, and joining me this evening are Rich Allen and Jeremy Smith. I'd like to start tonight by saying all of us at the Get Football News team send our thoughts to the family, friends, and colleagues of 31-year-old Italian defender Davide Storre, who lost his life on Sunday morning. Riposi in pace, capitano. On to the weekend's news in Liga, at least. Lille sink further into the relegation mire on Friday as they lost 2-1 at Nice. Mario Balotelli scored the home side's 3,000th league on goal, but they needed a strike from William Cyprian to 10 minutes from time to seal the victory. Elsewhere on Friday, Monaco had to come from behind to beat Bordeaux. Valentin Vardas' wonderful effort against the runner play helped Le Girondin into the lead, but goals from Stefan Jovetic and Ronnie Lopez helped the Principality side tighten their grip on second place. On Saturday, Paris Saint-Germain prepared for their Real Madrid fixture with a solid 2-0 win over Troyes. Goalkeeper Erwin Zelazny, sorry, (laughs) never going to be able to pronounce that name, uh, made a record 11 saves to keep the lead leaguers at bay, uh, who gave a debut to the son of Ballon d'Or winner George Weyer in USA Youth International, Timothy Weyer. In the multiplex, Angers secured their first back-to-back wins of the season by thumping Gangomp 3-0, as Toulouse had to save their own blushes by scoring in the final few minutes to gain a point against 10-man Mets. Rennes lifted themselves into fifth by winning 2-0 over Amiens at the weekend, uh, while Saint-Etienne had to recover twice to draw 2-2 at home to Dijon. On Sunday, Kong eased any relegation fears they had by beating Strasbourg 2-0, while Lyon have now not won in six Liga matches as they drew one all away to Montpellier. In the final game of the weekend, Marseille scored dramatically in stoppage time to earn a point at home to Nantes. Leo Dubois gave Le Canary an unlikely lead, but Florian Tovan popped up yet again to keep Loem at least in sight of the automatic Champions League spot. And that's all for now. But for all the latest in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start this week with PSG, who got another decent win in the league, but that's not really their focus at the moment, because more importantly, they have a date with Destiny tomorrow night, Rich. Um, it's a massive game, but the first question has to be really, and I think it's on everyone's lips, who replaces Neymar? <laughs> it, it, it's pretty much going to be a, a straightforward, isn't it? It's, it's going to be um, Di Maria who perhaps was a little unlucky in the first leg not to have um, got an opportunity. Um, He's been in very, very good form in 2018. Um, So it it will be him, despite um, Christopher Nkunku putting in a pretty decent performance in a slightly out of uh, position for him on the the left uh, at the weekend. But no, it could be Di Maria. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how he fits in. It's obviously now a team minus its quote-unquote sort of football icon of this this side, you know, the, the Neymar PSG that this is. So, um, you know, it'll be, it will be interesting to see if Di Maria can carry that, that league and form um, into Europe in what is undoubtedly 
their biggest game of the season so far. Um, it, it's going to be a massive game, I think, with you know, huge repercussions for some of the players in that squad, for Emery, um, and for sort of the direction of, of PSG going forward. You know, a win there to come back from 3-1 down. Um, you know, it really signals that, that the side has turned a corner, that, that, you know, what they can beat, when it really matters, they can beat the biggest teams in Europe. Simultaneously, of course, if they lose and, and, and don't don't get the uh, don't, don't produce the comeback tomorrow night, then questions have to be asked. You know, what players have to be brought in to finally get this team over the line? What manager has to be brought in? I, I I'd struggle to see Emery going beyond this season if they don't make it beyond um, beyond this 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 fixture. So it's a huge game. Um, it, I, I'm in two minds as to whether. It's going to be a, a good thing or a, or a bad thing for PSG without having Neymar, which I know sounds quite a silly thing. Um, it, it takes out that huge focus on on it being Neymar's PSG. We saw him really struggle in that first leg, sort of living up to that bill. He was bringing bringing his team, um, you know, to the Bernabeu, and and he really struggled. I thought, um, and he wasn't alone in that, but. All the all the spotlight was on him, and, and he really really struggled. So without that, maybe maybe that there's a you know the team feel a little bit freer. There's less onus perhaps on one individual player, and maybe they can do it. So on the flip side, of course, Neymar has the experience of producing you know, really really putting in performances when it matters in the Champions League. You just have to look at the the um, the six one win for for when he was playing for Barcelona against PSG last season. So. It's going to be another really intriguing tie. Hopefully, it's going to be a better footballing spectacle than the first leg. Um, but I think there's, there's big pressure on Di Maria. Yeah, just a, just a tad filling the boots of uh, the man they expected, at least anyway, to be the one to sort of propel them into that Champions League space. But interestingly enough as well, with anything like injuries and stuff like that, it comes opportunity really for anyone, Jez. And, especially at this moment in time, being in somewhat of the shadow of Neymar in the past, in, in this season, even though obviously he started a lot of games, he still scored plenty of goals. Kylian Mbappe, he has been announced that he's in the squad. He is fit and available to play against Madrid. They were worries after that uh, injury that he picked up in the first game against Marseille, it turned out, and that um, it sort of exacerbated itself in the Coupe de France game. He was left out at the weekend as well as, seems a little more like a, a precaution now, but is this his time again, similar to what he did at Monaco, really, in the Champions League? Is it his time to shine? Um, yeah, I think it could be. I, 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 he's, you know, he's still had a solid, decent season so far. But um, I do think when Neymar's playing, not just not just um, Mbappe, but the whole team is, I think that they're a little bit too Neymar-obsessed as well. Um uh, you know, I think that you know the first thing anyone does is look to give the ball to Neymar, um, which is fair enough. You know, it's worked in the past. Fr French players of '98 to 2000 often were quoted as saying, "If we didn't know what to do, we gave it to Zidane because he'd know what to do." Um, it, it's understandable. I think Neymar is also a little bit too Neymar obsessed, and I do think that that holds them back. I think in the first 
first leg again yeah he i think he set up a goal but he also squandered a few chances with um selfishness and you know trying to beat one man too many so i think it could free up a few players and i think mbappe is one of them i think um he really is sort of I think a little bit starstruck by playing alongside Neymar, and as I said, also always looking to 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 give the ball to him, often at Cavani's expense. So, and I think Mbappe is kind of doing himself down by doing that because, okay, he's not quite there yet, but we know that he's got the potential to be as big in in a few years' time as Neymar is now. So, definitely, this is this is a fantastic chance for him to sort of grab the headlines that he was making this time last year, which maybe he's he's missed out on a little bit this year i'm not saying that, that he, he's shown any signs that he's bothered about that but it would be good to to have him sort of um right at the forefront and you know on on the tip of everyone's tongue again like 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 he was after those you know dortmund and man city matches yeah absolutely and i think if uh Whoever's listening to from our Twitter account that retweets all the the quotes uh, later on this week, uh, Neymar is too Neymar obsessed. I think has to be one that we have to mention because that perfectly sums up the the Brazilian. But without him, um, and the scoreline as well, being on aggregate, they've obviously got the away goal, but it's advantage three to to Real Madrid and a goal for them completely changes the complexion of the tie straight away, Rich, really. So it makes it more interesting to see what type of formation they try and go for. Do they stick with the 4-3-3 that's been doing okay? Is that maybe a little bit too safe against a Real Madrid side where they will need to score goals? Maybe put someone like Draxler in there or Pastore, who have impressed um, in cameos in recent weeks as well. Both of them really um, have affected games when they needed to as well. Um, Do they maybe try and risk it a little bit more? Maybe have that maybe even have like Lasana Diara come back in as a as a defensive shield or do they stick with Lucel? So what kind of formation do you think will be best to succeed? Because it, it is on a knife edge really this game for them at least anyway, knowing that one goal for Los Blancos can probably kill the tie dead. Uh, but, but yeah, and I think it's that that will be playing on their mind. Um, I do think that they will be sticking with the 4-3-3. Um, I do think Diara will start. I think he will come in. He will act as that 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 shield in front of the defence. It may free up Rabiot and Verratti just to be a little bit more energetic and a little bit more daring, maybe in midfield. Because I think it's whilst it's important that they need to come out strong and positive, it's also important that they don't. You know, if they if they concede an early goal, okay, it's not absolutely the end of the world, but it'd be very easy for the the the, the heads and. Uh, younger players and perhaps the less experienced players in the team for their heads to drop. Um, in the case of Thiago Silva, perhaps even some of the more experienced players for their heads to drop. <laughs> um, but I also think that that, that 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 has to be taken into account. So I do think that they will start with the 4-3-3. I do think Diara will come in. You know, as much as I've I've enjoyed seeing Lo get some game time and he has played well in the league, you can't deny that he had a very poor first leg in Madrid. Um, so I, I think Diara will come in for him. Um, so, I th- yeah, it'll be the 4-3-3. I think once they've then settled in, for, you know, touch wood, no, no early goal will be conceded. They can then build from that. You know, if they if they are starting to boss the game, they can perhaps then look to introduce someone like Drax, so they can perhaps look to introduce someone like Pastore to so then push it on. Um, and I don't think... 
um, I don't think Emery should be afraid of making you know early changes. If he sees that the game, you know, is settled and actually, you know, Madrid seem to be coming to almost just play for just defending that three-one lead rather than coming out and trying to attack themselves, then yeah, he should be able to recognise that and tweak in game. But I do think stick with the four-three-three to begin with. Um, it will hopefully then allow you to to um, have an opening half hour or so where you can get a control of the game, and then you can then push on from there because it is, you know, it's only two goals to take us to extra time. Um, well, two goals. Sorry, it's only two goals they need to actually take them through for one they don't concede. So it's not a, a an impossible task. So I think he can't be too adventurous. Someone says he can't also be too negative, but I do think a 4-3-3 with the Ara going there would be how I would be looking to to, to go into that match. Mm, yeah, so I, I, I agree with the the fact that they'll start with 4-3-3, but I I think they'll go with Motta because um, I think he he provides not quite the same defensive rigor as Diara, but um, a, certainly a decent amount. But I think he provides a little more, little more creativity. So I, I reckon they'll, they'll start with him, give him basically as long as he's got until he's he's knackered. And then depending on the position PSG are in there, either bring, hopefully, sort of, you know, that they've got maybe a 2-0 lead or something and can bring Diara in to try to close it up a little bit. Or, you know, maybe replace Motta with a Pastore or a Draxler to, to go a little bit more offensive. Yeah, it's it's the interesting balancing act, isn't it? Like you say, Rich, a, a two, it sounds simple enough, but a 2-0 victory does help them in. But it's how you break down a side like, like Real Madrid that can sort of explode on you sometimes, really. I know they've had a lot of ups and downs this season, really, but they, they can really just spring a surprise on you when they need to when and they can score goals they've got goals all over the team you look at obviously Benzema starting to maybe get a little bit better after a real dip this season so was Ronaldo Bale's got goals you've got Asensio off the bench if he if he doesn't start you've got Isco you've got Modric and Cruz who, who are dangerous from deep areas as well they've they they're just a dangerous dangerous side but I just feel like if you you have a little bit of a go with them you upset the cart or apple cart a bit if you try and press them early they get a little bit shaky. They they can sometimes be a bit too gung-ho in forward areas. You can counter on them through that, and a lot of teams have shown that this season. Maybe that's the kind of place they, they want to try and get their wheelhouse into a bum. But the interesting side bit to this, really, um, Richard, is obviously the potential repercussions of a loss here um, because, obviously, the Champions League is the big game now, really. The Ligue 1 is, is wrapped up. You would assume the Coupe de France is probably wrapped up given the, the amount of the sides that are left in it as well. They're in the Coupe de la Ligue final as well against Monaco, so there's a there's a very good chance that at least they can win there as well. So this is really the competition that they, they have absolute 100% focus on as they probably did in the summer when they bought two players for a lot, a lot of money. Um, but for Unai Emery especially... With that result that happened to Barcelona last season, which was frankly embarrassing for the club, really, they it, it really um, pushed them back when it seemed like that was finally their stepping stone into the, the complete European elite. Um, what are the repercussions of a loss against Real Madrid? Say it's let, let's say um, if it's not because you you has to think if they if they did get it to extra time and then they lost an extra time, okay, they might forgive themselves. They they weren't without Neymar, but say. They try for it. They maybe lose 2-0 against Real Madrid. 
what possible repercussions could we be facing? Well, if they don't progress from this, uh, he's as nice a guy as he seems to be. I, I don't see a future, particularly for, for Emery at PSG. You know, he was brought in with the job of take this take this team to the next level. You know, Blanc built the foundations for, for what is obviously the grand plan of conquering Europe. Blanc built the foundations, found that the quarterfinals were his sort of limit. They brought Emery in to get them to that next level. Now, it's pretty unfortunate that, you know, they, they top the group that had Bayern Munich in it. And then in the next, you know, the knockout round, they were drawn against Real Madrid. You know, that's pretty unfortunate, <laughs> but it, it doesn't matter. You know, you, they would still be wanting to beat a team like Real Madrid at some point in that run. So uh, the fact now he's failed twice, albeit, you know, one was freak circumstances uh, against Barcelona. And the other is, we well, just picking a team who are, you know, as, as they've got as great a pedigree in Europe as any other team around. Um, that that's just the unfortunate look of the draw. Um, but I, you know, not being able to in two seasons now to take that team to that next level, I do think it will end up costing him his job. I think the, the caveat that I would give him, and what I think he's been unfortunate with, is I don't think he has necessarily been able to bring in the players. I, you know, he's an experienced manager. Who you know he's he's succeeded in the Europa League. He's he's not a bad manager. You know he will have recognised that that squad was desperate for defensive improvements. Was desperate for a defensive midfielder at the start of 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 this season. But decisions above and beyond him meant that actually we're going down the Neymar route. We're going down the Mbappe route, and all of a sudden, financial fair play means that you've got to wait until January for us to bring in. Lasana Diara on a free, effectively a free transfer for your defensive midfield cover. Well, that's that. That wouldn't have been what Emery would have wanted. I almost guarantee it. Um, so it, it, he's he's had his, you know, he's not been able to. I don't think mould this side into what he would want if he was having more of a say. Um, but of course, that's just the perils of of you know, signing up to coach PSG. Is that the project that this team is, is it's not necessarily one for the manager to come in and make decisions. The manager just coaches the players that, you know, board level bring in for him to manage and coach. So it's, it's, a, it's a series of unfortunate circumstances on his behalf. He's not entirely faultless. Um, I think he's, he's, you know, at times there have been a bit of tactical weakness to him, but it's, it is a, it is a, an endless run of really bad luck, I think, especially in the Champions League, which means I, if if they don't if they don't go through, I just don't see how he sticks around. Yeah, it's in that kind of job. It's really really tough. It is almost like, ironically, like Real Madrid, where if you're second everywhere, that's constituted as failure. Really, at that kind of club, and um, twice for that to happen to Unai Emery when he where many would have thought they should have won the league last season, at least with the quality they had over over Monaco, and they didn't. They only ended up winning the Cups. They were embarrassed in the Champions League. That sort of looms over them, even if they do win a domestic treble, because obviously Laurent Blanc got further in the competition and did get knocked out. But 
won every competition and was still fired. So uh, Renaimer will certainly be looking over his shoulder afterwards and what plan comes next really in the summer and uh, how they try to re- recruit from there as well. But let's get a prediction now for this one. And I'll, I'll start with you, Jez. Jez, what do you think the score will be on the night and then on aggregate? Um, I can actually see it being 3-1 PSG. Um, um, my heart says 2-0 PSG. Um, I've changed my mind a bit because around the time of the first leg, I thought that PSG would win it overall. I'm just worried that that third goal the other day was a killer. Um, I'm going to say, I know I've already given two completely different scores, but I'm going to say, uh, my head says 2-1 PSG and they'll, they'll just go out by the odd goal. Rich? Um, I was also going to go for a, a 2-1 PSG win. I I can't see PSG keeping a clean sheet. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just There's something there that just tells me I, I, they'll win on the night, but I don't see them going through. So in, in the spirit of, of not copying Jez, I'm going to go with a, a 3-2 um, PSG win. In the spirit that Jez seemed to read my mind, I'm uh, also <laughs> going for a 2-1 win for Paris Saint-Germain. It does feel like that, doesn't it? It feels like... Paris Saint-Germain probably have enough and will have enough belief to get themselves probably probably even into a 2-0 lead where you're thinking maybe this is on for them and then maybe Real Madrid just, just snatch that goal or, or maybe Real Madrid score early and, and just sort of let Paris Saint-Germain do what they need because they've essentially won it um, with that result in hand. But it'll be an intriguing game at the Parc de Prince tomorrow. I'm sure many eyes will be uh, eagerly on that game. Um, just, I, agree, but, just quickly, yeah. I, I agree with Rich that I think if they get knocked out, that's probably Emery done. And I'm not entirely sure that that would be undeserved. But also, as Rich said, the problems, as far as I'm concerned, the problems are higher up than Emery. And it should be, although he'll get all the blame, there's other people that, that should be falling on their sword because I think the recruitment in the summer to huge stellar names, that's fine. But that was never what was needed by PSG. And, um, you know, it, the first leg it was clear to see the problems weren't although they didn't have their their best game going forward the problems were further back and they were were problems that everyone's known about for a couple of years now and nothing's done about it yeah it'd be uh, intriguing to see what happens in the in the summer should obviously uh, because I assume they'll let him see out the rest of the season at least but it'll be interesting if they do lose or if they they do win in fact and, and see um if that next stage brings even more pressure to it and he's still um, being on the edge of his seat, really, that he still needs to uh, progress. And we're ending up, other than anything other than the final, really, whether that, uh, any of that will be uh, worthy of him staying. But um, let's talk about Liga matters, at least now, and just below Paris Saint-Germain in the table this weekend. So another bit of separation, really, in that battle for the, the second automatic Champions League place with Monaco winning as Lyon and Marseille both drew. Um, so they finally have a little bit of a gap now with the reigning champions to uh, Richer. They've made it four points now ahead of Marseille and several more against uh, Lyon who dropped off quite a bit. But does it feel with both of those, well, both of the teams already having faced Monaco that they might be out of sight really now? With They've still got Paris Saint-Germain to come, so there's a chance there maybe, but... Um, Monaco feel like now with the other two starting to stumble, having European commitments themselves as well, um, this maybe feels like the Monegasque are going to pull away. 
Uh, I think so. I think what we're now seeing is the benefits of having a, a very, very strong squad. Um, I think there's there's been shortcomings in both the Lyon and, and Marseille squads that just haven't existed for, for Monaco. You know, there were maybe question marks when Falcao picked up the injury that's kept him out for a few weeks of, well, are they going to get the goals? Well, that question's been emphatically answered. You've had Steven Jovetic come in, who's proved a more than adequate replacement. You've had Ronnie Lopez, who's been playing very, very well um, so far this season, who's who's now adding goals to his game as well. Um, it, it's, a, it's just a very, very strong squad. And ultimately, that, that's what's going to prove key. You know, we've seen with Marseille that, yeah, in, in Florian Tovan, they've got probably arguably one of the best players this season. There's still major problems with that defence. Um, you know, they're still reliant on central defenders who I just don't think are up to the task. Um, although their fullbacks try very, very hard, I can't fault them for their effort. I just question again whether the quality is there. Um, and then with Leon, I'm, I'm broken record time, I'm afraid there's no plan B. If, if, if plan A is, well, Fekir produced some kind of moment of magic and Mariano Diaz will stick it in the back of the net. That seems to be plan A. And then when that doesn't work, or Fakir's out being out injured, or Marion Diaz is not particularly interested, there's nothing. There's nothing. And there's there's too much reliance on um the likes of our, the likes of Ndombele, that the likes of Depay are just too um inconsistent. His 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 head his head is either in the game and he's you know, a world beater, it seems at times, but too often it's not in the game and he's disinterested um, and it affects it affects the team. Um, he's not the only one like that. You know, Mariana Diaz can be guilty of that. Bertrand Traore can be guilty of that. I don't think when, when Fekir has played, whether it's a question of whether he's fully fit or not, I don't think Fekir of late has been particularly um, excellent. Uh, certainly... Uh, shadow of the, the form that he was showing in the early part of the season. Uh, whereas Monaco have just gone about grinding out those results and in and, and an impressive um, impressive manner as well. I think it's 13 games now without a defeat in the league, which not you know, not even PSG can can cope with that that, that run at the, at the moment. So it's just showing you the benefits of, of spending that bit of money, building up a really strong squad so that if you need a plan B, you've got a plan B. Um, you've got quality throughout, you know, the entire starting eleven. You know, if players pick up injuries, you've got players to come in. So it it, it really is showing the 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 benefits of that and the importance of that. And you know, you can only hope for the competitive nature of the league that in the summer, Lyon and, and Marseille take note of that and look to build on what are starting blocks of decent teams, but by no means the finished article. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this feels like Monaco, I've mentioned it, I think, a couple of weeks ago, like a Monaco side that they constantly get better in the second half of seasons, I think. And, and the the players that they brought in the summer are starting to integrate, like you say, squad-wise. I think Ronnie Lopez has really stepped up his game this season. In the last couple of games, that game against Leon, I remember, he was he was excellent. He was good in this one as well. Um, he's scoring goals. He He's adding sort of a, an extra attacking line to them as well. They, they, they look really good. Jovetic was was excellent in the in the game at the weekend. He, he really added to, 
to their attacking play and, and scored a nice goal as well. Um, they just have a little bit more than it feels like they had earlier in the season, um, Jez, where they, they really struggled for consistency. But now the players are starting to settle. Now they're having a, a settled sort of um, formation that they're getting used to. Tielemans is coming better. Balde's coming better. Jovetic, um, they're all starting to grow into roles into the team as well. Does this feel like a Monaco side that, arguably, with a couple more players in the summer that can at least mount some kind of challenge against Paris Saint-Germain next season? Um, you'd hope so. I'd, I'd still say PSG start as comfortable favourites, but then I would have said that last season as well. Um, I think, again, it depends a lot on what Monaco do in the summer. Do they, do they keep the players they've got? Are they going to do another big overhaul? Um, I've said before, I think it was no coincidence that the one summer of the last four or five or so where they didn't change things around too much was the summer, um, you know, the, the following season was the season that, that they won the league. Um, as, as you both said, Monaco sort of been getting better and better as yet again another sort of totally revamped squad has bedded in. And Jovetic started a little shakily. I think he's looked fantastic the last month or so. Um, the the quality and the different range of his finishes, you know, from little chips to I, I loved his finish of the first goal against Bordeaux, although he was kind of easily put through with a, a brilliant ball from from Lamar. I thought it was just very calmly done, clinically just inside the near post. Um, Balde's doing his bit. Um, Lopez, as you said, I've, to be honest, I've, I've never been that convinced about him, but this season he's really gone on to another level and he's not quite Bernardo Silva standards, but he certainly hasn't, he's certainly done his bit to, to make sure that Silva isn't too, too, um, too massively missed on, on that right wing. So I just, I think Jardim is, is a fantastic manager. I think he's got to be, although he's getting props, he's, got to be one of the most underrated managers in the world I think for what he's doing season after season um, and yeah, you know, I, I think I said last week that if Lyon had Garcia as manager they'd be out of sight I think really that's that's the big difference with the three clubs I think Marseille have got the weakest of, the th of those three squads but are doing well because of Garcia I think Lyon squad rivals Monaco's but Genesio is not getting the best out of them. Jardim is getting the best and more out of his squad. Um, you know, the, the players play for him, they improve under him. And uh, yeah, if he's given the chance to, to work with the same set of players for, for more than one season, then yeah, I think they are the ones that are going to challenge PSG the closest. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you made an excellent point there, Jez, about uh, Leonardo Jardim. And I worry that he's maybe the one that um, is the big summer loss of the summer. I know they, that Thomas Lamar looks like he's out of the door. Probably Fabinho will probably go as well, which are a massive losses to the squad. But I don't think anyone is as important to Monaco as Leonardo Jardim. And clubs, if they set their managers, I'm thinking... In England, you're thinking Chelsea and Arsenal, you, possi possibly the latter, at least anyway, they should do. Um, but you think of also Paris Saint-Germain might think about Leonardo Jardim. He he's obviously knows the French League very well, so he'd be, he'd be able to set up there and has shown qualities in the Champions League, getting Monaco so far last season. Um, you think of other teams in Europe that might be looking for managers, Borussia Dortmund, maybe. Um, Real Madrid might be looking for a new manager as well. He's going to be highly, highly sought after, if you think. Because, you, you, go ahead. 
Yeah, you know, I was gonna say you just wonder whether um, whether there'd be a job swap on with with PSG. Send uh, you know if Jardine does leave and, and PSG snap him up, you know would Emery work with that Monaco team where he'd have more say on the squad? He can bring in the players that he wants. There's the you know the money is there to bring in the players that he wants. Um, you know he'll be able to work with the players day in day out. They're players who respect their coach. Which I think sometimes is lacking at PSG. Um, as I said before, the, you know, the, the Emery is not a is not a bad coach. Um, it just doesn't seem that he's the right fit for PSG. I, I'd be I'd be quite interested if Jardine was was to leave. I'd be quite interested to see Emery at Monaco. Hmm, yeah, it'd be, it'd be really interesting, won't it? I think in the in the in the summer, if Leonardo Jardine and the other thing I think people would point to is possibly Fabinho going. Um, with him possibly as a, as a defensive midfielder for a Paris Saint-Germain side that would look really good with those two in charge, you would think, if uh, if that were to happen. But let's talk about the team just below Monaco. And they, they saved their own skin, despite, quote-unquote, every Marseille fan saying the 12th man, really, Jez. Um, it, was a bit, it was a bit of a strange game, really, that no, didn't really seem into the game that much and then scored a cracker through Leo Dubois, although, again, the Marseille fans will suggest that the, the strange block on, on Pae by the referee, clearly accidental, um, affected the 30 seconds afterwards when they not ended up putting the ball in the back of the net. But they really struggled to get a foothold. In fairness, maybe should have had, well, almost certainly should have had a penalty for Diego Carlos, but in sympathy to the referee, it's not the easiest thing to spot from, from that kind of distance. Um, but Tovan eventually bundles one over the line to keep them just about in that race for for second because they they are four points off Monaco now and they still have Leon to come in a couple of weeks time as well. Um it's an interesting one for the last couple of weeks really for Marseille since that there was a, that well before that Paris Saint-Germain game obviously the one before against uh, you think of the one against um, Bordeaux they were pretty turgid again um against Saint-Étienne they sort of switched off a little bit after that Mets win where they played really well and, and the Monaco draw as well they sort of settled back into that rhythm that they had at the start of the season which was they never they never really seemed to press on the gas did they I I know I sound like a stuck record I'm just consistently unimpressed with this with this Marseille team and sadly I think it probably says a lot about um the lack of quality in this year's league ad that, that they're up there. Um, I think that the Tovan goal was, I think, their first goal in about 400, 450 minutes of football. Um, I just saw a tweet saying they scored once in their last 54 attempts on goal. And the, the forward line is, is really their, their, their strong point. <laughs> um, I, it's, it doesn't surprise me that they're going through, um, a tough period because I think probably the the really long unbeaten run um, was a little bit flattering for them. But um, in their defence, they you know it was a brilliant run. They they beat they can only beat what's in front of them, and they they did that on a consistent basis. And considering it's not a big squad, so the same players are playing week in week out. Um, you know you've got to hand it to them, and it's not surprising that 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 they're showing a little bit of tiredness now. And you know, coming off the back of two, three nil defeats to to PSG, I mean, maybe it's a bit unfair, but you could draw a parallel with Arsenal coming off the back of two, three nil defeats to Man City. Arsenal, look, um, you know, I know there's obviously a lot of other 
um, factors, but they looked a completely spent force yesterday, whereas at least Marseille did react. But I think they were relatively lucky to. I think Nantes were, to me, by far the better team. PSG, I don't think, had a shot on target till after the hour mark. Um, you know, and, and until they scored, it looked like it was just, you know, the closest they got was a couple of speculative overhead kicks from, from Payet. Um, in, again, in their defense, they absolutely should have had a penalty. The handball, I'm not convinced about the, the push on Rolando, but the handball was, you know, as blatant as it gets and it was a pretty bad decision. But then it evened out because, you know, I think the, the Marseille goal, first of all, pretty bad sportsmanship from um, Payet not throwing the ball back to, to Nantes. And then um, I think there was a clear foul on Palwa in the, in the build-up to the goal as well. So, you know, all this 12th man stuff, I know everything with Marseille fans is black or white. There's no grey area. I, you know, everyone's got it in for us. The referee makes, you know, misses one thing out. So it's obviously this huge conspiracy, 12, you know, 10 against, 11 against 12. It's ridiculous. Marseille, as one of the big teams, get as many, if not more, decisions going their way as, as anyone else. Um, but, you know, it happens in matches and good for them for showing the character to, to come back. But, um, you know, the, the, the match in two weeks, Lyon against Marseille, is absolutely massive because they're, they're two teams who are not particularly playing well at the moment. Um, and... It's a it's a big match. Arguably, it's a big match for Monaco because you know they'll they'll be looking for a draw, um, which buys them a little bit more space, especially because they've still got PSG to play. But um, the fact that this Marseille team and this Lyon team, one of them is going to qualify for Europe or for the Champions League, is actually slightly depressing. I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been a strange one the last couple of weeks, but. You also give them an interesting one, thinking that in the Europa League, they've got an interesting tie against Athletic Bilbao, who've had a pretty terrible season, really. And, and you also think that with Leon in the in the foreground, really, week 30 in, on a, a couple of weeks' time, if they get a victory there, then pretty much you would think that that, that spot is sealed, really, Rich, for, for fourth, at least, which... Well, third at least, anyway, sorry. And that would be Champions League football, which would be absolutely massive for them, really. So while they may be looking likely that they probably won't really catch Monaco in second place, this is by no means a bad season for Marseille and really a step forward for this quote-unquote Champions project. It is a step forward. I don't think many um, Marseille fans would say we were going to finish top three. Um, I think if they're being truly honest with that with that squad, I think they've been aided by several other teams significantly underperforming. But as just said, they've they've you know in the for the most part they have beaten what's been put in front of them. Um, they still need to try and work out what this hoodoo is against playing against the very top sides, where they just can't seem to get a get a performance. Um, and the, you know the players that. I have begrudgingly praised so far this season disappear and make me think, well, why have I just defended them? Um, but, you know, it, it's, it, it would be, uh, you know, a very, very big achievement, I think, to finish in the top three. I would also add, though, that I think there's a missed opportunity here. I pointed out, well, I, I, I 
sort of suggested just before the January transfer window opened, there are a number of key areas I thought that Marseille needed to to improve and add to in the January transfer window to think, why not go for why not go for second? I don't think they were anticipating a, a possibility for a second place finish, but January it was there. It was there for the taking. If they'd have added those kind of players that they, they needed, shoring up that defence, um, perhaps adding a little bit more creativity in midfield, and certainly adding a better striker than they did add um, with with Mitroglu, they could have had second wrapped up by now. They really, I, re- I genuinely believe that, but they haven't, and so it may be a case of, you know, as I say, a missed opportunity. I think I do think they could have had second if they had actually recruited and recruited sensibly uh, in January. Um, so as good as a top three finish would be, I would argue that actually, had they had they shown a bit more ambition, it could have been better. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one, isn't it? You, I, I think you'd have snapped your hand off many Marseille fans if they you would have handed them third at the start of the season. But at the same time, with that, that sniff of possibly being second, a club that size as well, um, must have been desperate for it, really. But um, someone who attention definitely is turning to to the Europa League, at least anyway, is, is Leon because... It always seemed like a mismatch, really, at the weekend against the Montpellier side, one of the best defensive sides in, in Ligue 1 by quite some way, really. It's only really PSG and only by about three goals that are, they're better than them by. Um, they really crippled Lyon. They, they forced them to shots from long range, which too many Lyon players are too, all too eager to do. And without Nabil Fakir, they, they really lacked a little bit of creativity. They were maybe a little bit lucky, really, to get themselves uh, back into the game. And Montpellier were were really good in spells and, and especially in the first half looked like a looked like a dangerous side but their focus now especially really um jazz with that that gap to monaco we well monaco getting extremely large to the point where we're second is pretty much not an option so there's no automatic champions league spot really unless they somehow clawed back that nine point gap but it's a five point gap to marseille really um, they have a 10 point gap to ren so they, they do have some kind of safety net at least to qualify for the europa league next season but the europa league this season with obviously ending at parkwell is the focus now isn't it surely um i'll give you a definitive answer after marseille leon <laughs> um i mean if you know if they if they win that then they're right back in it um but the way that the way the last six six matches have gone, Marseille are really strong favourites, and I think the match is at Marseille. Is that right? It is, yeah. Yeah. So you know, Marseille is certainly favourites for that one. Um, I think, yeah, I'd say Lyon's priority has got to be Europa League now, partly because it's being played in their, at their ground. You know, they had such a great run last year. It would be you know it'd be great for them to go at least one step further, and obviously. Should they win it, there's the promise of Champions League football at the end. But it's such a tough competition this year with the teams that are left. You know, even with Napoli, who, who I thought were one the strongest out, and you've got teams like Atletico Madrid, and um, I think Lazio maybe is still in it, and um, Dortmund, Arsenal, even or Arsenal or, or AC Milan. Um, you know, whoever wins that has got has got to feel confident as well. So it's going to be tough for them, but. I think it's it's entirely their fault that that that's got to be their priority now because following that Lyon win, which the PSG win, which they absolutely deserved, you know, it looked like that should have set them up for a really confident end to the season, and it's just 
collapsed from there. Yeah, it's it's been pretty spectacular, really. The collapse. I, I think after that PSG game, if you'd have said um, that they would have gone on a run in Liga and at least the way they didn't win in six games, drawing against Saint-Étienne and Lille and giving up leads, but they didn't really look like they were ever going to get anything from this one, Rich, in terms of at least winning the game, especially in the second half. It was a pretty tepid affair, really. Montpellier um, very, are very, very good defensive side and I, I think they've got some excellent promise and players that certainly a lot of clubs will look at in the summer. But uh, it's a frustrating end, really, to what feels like, at least anyway, an end already to, to Lyon's season. Yes, they maybe might be able to possibly catch Marseille if they, they win that game at the Velodrome, but that's still a relatively big ask, really. Um, do you think that really, even if they do overhaul Marseille, possibly even, or do win the Europa League, um, they need to consider Genesio's position in the summer? As much as I like him, as much as I like what he has, he has done more behind the scenes, I suppose, prior to his his taking over as, as his head coach. Uh, yeah, I think they need to. I think if they really to look at, at trying to keep keep track and keep up keep up the pace with with the likes of Monaco and and maybe even maybe even push on and try and challenge PSG, then a new coach is something they're going to have to look at sooner rather than later. Um, it's a talented squad they've got. There's no doubt about it. You know, they've got Martin Terrier to come in in the summer. Um, they've got Leo Dubois, seemingly, that, that's going to come in as well. They've got talented players coming in. They're still uh, an attractive side for, for young players, um, primarily in France, but also also abroad. There's a little bit of money there as well, as seen with the amount that they put out for, for Terrier. They just don't seem to have that coach that can mould those players and... As, as much as I criticise the players and I criticise the likes of, of Memphis for letting their heads drop, uh, you know, a, a better coach doesn't necessarily let that happen. Um, so I think his position will be looked at in the summer. There's a there's a there's a, you know, a lot of um, potential outcomes that that can that can happen between now and the end of the season. You know, they could still snatch that. I, I agree that second is out of the running for them. They could still take third. They could still make it to the final, maybe even win the Europa League if they, if they get the draw right. Um, but of course, so they, they might not. They might not do that. They might might finish fourth. I would also point out, as 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 wildly um, optimistic as that may be, if you look at the last four or five games, I think Ren have taken ten points and Leon taken three. You know, although it's a it's a nine ten point lead that Leon have, you know, it's it's not absolutely nailed on that they're going to be top four. They have to be careful. If this rot continues, who's to say that 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 you know? Well, it's not going to take long for that lead to be overhauled. It was far far more only a few weeks ago. Um. So Genesio. Yeah, as much as a likable guy he is, that he is part of the the you know the Leon um, sort of culture that they've generated of, of promoting from within and bringing through the ranks. You've if, if you're Olas, you've got to accept that if you're not good enough, you're not good enough. And unfortunately, it, it appears that that Genesio is just not quite good enough. Mm, yeah, I think it's felt like that for a while, really. And and uh, Leon fans will probably sort of agree with that now that that's it's maybe. Them uh, 
not doing enough. And I, I think that this might be the last time we uh, we sort of talk about this <laughs> fight for a second, at least. I, I think it feels like it's probably over really now. I think all those three sides will probably end up finishing uh, where they are. But time for a new section now that will be running until the end of the season, and that's the plane to Russia, which is looking at a player from <clears throat> a particular team or, or well, obviously a Frenchman, at least anyway, who is on sort of the borderline of the squad. Is he going? Is he staying? We want to make the case for them. So one will be for, one will be against. Tonight's player is Manchester United's Anthony Marshall, and I will remain relatively quiet <laughs> because I have a, a clear bias um, over this one, really. So I will try not to get involved too much, but I will start with you, Rich, who is our player against Anthony Marshall. So give me one of your reasons why he shouldn't be on the plane to Russia. Um, for me, it's a question of has he actually done enough with Manchester United this season? He has, still hasn't nailed on the absolute, you know, one of the first names on the sheet starting in the starting 11. Um, yes, I will concede that, that when he has been brought into the squad, more often or not, he, he has produced something. But I think there are far more players more deserving who are playing regularly, who are still producing, um, you know, who, who can who can produce them on the big stage as well. So my concern is, is that he's not done enough at club level by not, you know, not being that guaranteed starter. Um, whether that's his fault, whether that's Mourinho's fault is perhaps uh, another argument for another time. Um, but but that, that would be a, a big point against him. Mm, and that's an interesting one angle to take, Rich. But um, Jez, Anthony Marshall at the same time, while not being a starter, and he has been in the last couple of weeks at least anyway, With he looked like he was probably going to start tonight, although um, injury and, uh, has, has ruled him out really of that one and uh, just Lingard started in his space. But there is a lot of competition at Manchester United, which is why... Um, he has had some issues and he's obviously also been um, sometimes absent from the squad. Sometimes there's been rumours that um, he's maybe looking to leave or not sign a new contract, etc., etc., which is all the things. But he has been good when he has played. I mean, 12 goals, seven assists this season as well. And, and uh, about half of his appearance from the bench as well. He's He's been an impact player regardless, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, you've, you've pretty much done my job for me. Um <laughs> Actually, I mean, Richard says said quite a lot of of the positive points as well. I mean, you can argue that there isn't um, uh, a better recommendation for you as a young, exciting striker than being dropped by Mourinho. When you look at some of the other um, attacking talents that Mourinho hasn't trusted before, like De Bruyne and Salah and people like that, and how they're thriving, um, you know that that's as as good a reference as you're going to get. Um, not being trusted by him. So, you know, I I do think that a lot of it is down to Mourinho not giving him enough game time. But when he's been given the chances, he's taken them brilliantly. I think he's got either an, just in the Premier League alone. I think he's I think I've worked out he's he's got I think nine goals and five assists in about thirteen hundred minutes, which is only around fourteen full matches worth of time. And I think it equates to you know being directly involved in a goal every. 96 minutes something like that you're not going to find many players who who have got a better record than that um and you know i think it's also a testament to his character because after after the euros where, where 
again he was he was more of a bit part player, but his confidence was so low when he when Deschamps did give him a chance in the group stages, he did nothing. Then going back to Man United, where he wasn't really being given such a chance to work hard to to break his way into into the first team reckoning, I think already um, shows you know how how he's matured as a player. And then you know I th- you'll know better than me about what's going on sort of behind the scenes in Man United, but it seems from the outside that he's he's pretty much getting his head down. Yeah, possibly he wants to move away, which is understandable, but he's getting his head down and, and when he gets that chance he he, he takes it. Um and, you know, arguably he deserves more first team chances than he's getting. But you know, I'm so, I'm not necessarily saying he should start for France, but as a as a member of the squad who can, who's proved that he can come on and turn matches, um, you know, I, th- I think there's 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 a very strong case for him. And when you look at the the sort of wide, the situation of some of the wide players, there's there's Coman who's just been operated on and you know, possibly not even going to get back to to fitness in time for the World Cup. There's Dembele who's got his injury problems and hasn't quite settled at Barcelona yet. Tovat. Granted, is having a fantastic season, but goes completely missing when he when he plays anyone um, better than league and mid table standard. So, you know, Martial has, has proved over a reasonable amount of time that he can he can do it against um, top teams. He's proved that he can do it for France. Um, I think he's a you know he's a pretty safe bet to to have in the squad. Mm, yeah, I, I make the interesting. Um, we'll come on to this in a moment, but I, I don't think we can all predict how Jose Mourinho is thinking this season. I don't. I don't try to uh, to enter his mind. To be fair, because there uh, might be a languid there for a few places. But that is an argument, really. You can place upon him, Rich, that he's he's not played a lot of football, and at the same time, he's got a lot of competition for his place. There's a lot of players in his position. Absolutely. I mean, that would probably be my strongest argu- argument against him and and i would carry out that this is not in any way uh you know a, a, a me saying that i don't think he's a a good player i do really rate him um but my biggest argument that he's not is i don't know whose place he takes in that squad there's so there are so many options that that you know you look at you look at down the you look if you're going to play him down the left you look at well is that is that potentially where mbappe is going to play is that where Lamar's going to play? Um, could you play him a bit more centrally? Well, then there's other players that can play there. Do you be completely left field and stick him out on the right? Well, then you're into potentially Dembele territory, potentially Coman territory, potentially Tovan territory. I think just the sheer competition, combined with the fact that perhaps unlike a lot of those other players, he's he isn't a full regular um, member of the start in eleven at club level. I, ju- I don't know. I don't know whose place he takes in that side. I really don't. And as good a player as he is, there are still other players who are playing at a at an equal level, but also playing more regularly, who are in that squad. And it's I think it's a lot more difficult. Although he's been in perhaps the last couple, Deschamps will obviously always have his favourites. Um. And it's 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 going to prove very difficult, I think, to to knock out, if you like, one of those one of those favourites. If those favourites are still playing well, and still you know play pretty well at, at international level as well, it's it, 
just makes that argument of well, who do you drop? Especially as it's a this isn't just a, a friendly squad. This isn't just a qualifier. This is for your World Cup squad. You know, I, I don't know if I could make a, a big enough argument to drop or, or have Martial take the place of one of those players I've, I've previously named. Yeah, and, and an interesting one, really, I would make a point about this, Jez, is that a lot of the players that are possibly going on the plane, that you look at Mbappe, Dembele, Lamar, um, Coleman, if he's fit, but it looks like it might be an injury, might hold him out, Fakir, um, look at other wide men in those areas, um, Tolvan, they're all starters for their clubs. Could being somewhat of an impact sub this season be an advantage to a French squad that when you need an injection, bring on Martial? I think it could be in the sense that that's the, yeah, that's the role he's been playing all season and that's the role that he'd be playing um, in in the World Cup squad. Um, you know, there are players that, that are effective from the bench. There are players who, who need to be um playing from playing from the the first minute to have an impact and i i realize it it sounds crazy to say that someone should be punished for being a regular starter but there you know that that does fit a certain profile martial has done it for a lot of this season he's he's changed games when he's come on um and that's what international managers should be looking for from from squad members if they're not likely to start you know they shouldn't just be there to to put out the cones in in training they should be there because um they need to be relied on to to change matches you know in euro 2000 i think every substitution that that um le maire made in the knockout stages turned matches they you know they all created goals certainly in the final and um that you know if deschamps can replicate that 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 could be the difference between winning the trophy and, and not. And if Martial can show has already shown all through the season that he you know he can be trusted to do that, that could be something in his favour. Yeah. Uh, let's bookend this talk really about Martial and let's have a bit of a decision then now. Uh, and I'll start with you, Richard. And this more honest, obviously, between the two of you. Do you think that he will be on the plane to Russia or do you think he might be someone who just misses out? Uh, contrary to my arguments, I do think he will be on that plane. Um, uh, you know, I can see exactly where you're coming from. And I think probably the strongest argument for taking him is that impact sub. Um, and, and as you say, by not being um, a, a regular starter, by having to prove himself coming off the bench, I do think that's probably going to tip the scales into his favour. So, yes, I think contrary to my arguments, which I do stand by, I do I do still think, though, that he will end up going. Jess? I feel like saying contrary to the my <laughs> arguments, which I stand by, I don't think he will. Um, I think it turns on Komen. I think there's only a certain number of wingers. Although Torvans hardly played for France, I think his season has probably earned him a place. So I think if Komen can come back and show his fitness, Deschamps likes him, I think he'll be in the squad. If he doesn't, which seems likely, then I think Martial could be taking his place. Mm, yeah, I just have a feeling that he will make it. Does he merit it? It's borderline, isn't it? Depending on the 
the players in his in his, that are available. If, like you say, um, Jess, if if Coleman's av- available with his form for Bayern Munich this season, he probably goes. Does maybe Dembele fall out of the equation because he's not necessarily performed a lot for Barcelona? He has had a couple of injuries as well. It's a weird toss-up. We'll have to see sort of more towards the time, but he is probably, more than anyone, the most borderline player we could have picked to, to start off this new section. But we'll finish tonight, as usual, with our, our league and snapshots. And I'll start with you, Rich, and watch your uh, snapshot this week. Uh, mine's got a uh, Saint-Étienne um, slant to it. Um, the, the game against Dijon at the weekend saw the 300th um, appearance for, for Saint-Étienne of goalkeeper Stéphane Ruffier and the 400th appearance for uh, sort of club legend, if you like, Loic Perram. Uh, there was a magnificent um, TIFO before the game to, to sort of honour the, the, the captain. Um, so great achievements for both. I do caveat Perrin's with the fact of it is looking as though the, the end is not too far off with with perhaps age getting the better of him, with, with injuries now becoming a bit more regular. He's not looking the player that he once was, but he has been without a doubt, a terrific servant to that club. Jez, what's your league um, snapshot this week? Believe it or not, it was going to be that as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so instead, I will say, go on, I'll be biased and say Nolan rescoring and now overtaking Mbappe in that, in the uh, what important Rue versus Mbappe goal-scoring charts. Yeah, that's that's everything. Everyone's keeping an eye on that chart this season, aren't they? Definitely. <laughs> um, I, in, I, I've got two. Well, one is from that game, ironically, Jez, and it's probably the miss of the season from Andy Delor. Um, the ball goes across um, in the last minutes, and it, it, he's next to the goal. He, he attempts to sort of casually like side foot it with the outside of his right foot, and it goes blazing over the bar from what two yards out. Unbelievable! Couldn't believe it. And uh, finally, the the moment I suppose everyone was tenderly waiting on uh, on Twitter at least for on on Saturday afternoon, and that was the debut of Timothy Weyer, son of George Weyer, who was such a terrific player in his prime. He was an absolute um, joy to watch. And if his son can be half the player he is, well, what a talent um, Paris Saint Germain could have. We were all begging for him to come on. We saw the first substitute, and it was I think Thiago Motta came on. We're going. That's not the substitute we want to see. And then, then they, they brought on uh, they, they brought on another substitute, and it wasn't Timothy Way. And there, there was about twenty minutes left, and you were like, "You've you have three attackers in that team. You have pretty much you're playing you're you're playing Alves at right wing by this point." We go, "Please, just bring him on." <laughs> and there's, there's about a couple of minutes left. They give him a go, and he almost scores as well, which it would have been a a terrific end for him. But um, great to see the USA international, well, youth international at least, anyway, get him. Um, Get his shot, maybe um, in the in the summer he might get a loan move, hopefully to a league young team. That would be nice to see. Um, could but, I could ahead. I just jump in and just add one more very very quick one, Saint-Étienne related as well, is that um, Matthew Debushi has been <laughs> it's one of the final three nominated for Player of the Month. Um, I don't think many would have perhaps seen that um, after his sort of dismal time with with Arsenal. But yeah, after a, a really, really good start to, to life, this back back this side of the channel, a couple of goals. Um, yeah, he's been, he's been nominated as as, as league and player of the month alongside, I think Neymar and I missed it, it might have been Ronnie Lopez. Um, so quite quite a remarkable turnaround. And as as Matt Sparrow um, 
alluded to today, does that put him back in contention for the World Cup spot? We'll see. I think it should, but for another week, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's be be an interesting one, won't it? That's all we have time for this week. Um, my thanks to uh, Rich, Jez, and all of you listening at home. Uh, join us for the preview show on Thursday. But for now, um, it will, the main show at least will be back at the same time, same place next week. I'll be on tall and goodbye.